0: Merry New Year! Happy New Year. In this country, we say Happy New Year.
1: (laughs) Thank you for correcting my English with stinks. I am Nanja Ibuko, exchange student from Cameroon. (laughs) Beef jerky time. You want some beef jerky?
0: Oh, please. There's plenty know. Happy New Year!
2: Oh, well, that's kind of you, son. And a Happy New Year to you, too. Y- y- could I offer either of you two gentlemen a, a wee jolt of Irish whiskey to usher in the New Year?
0: Not for me, pal.
2: I do not drink. It is against my religion. I always say the uh, religion is a fine thing. I take it in moderation. Beef Jackie? No, oh, no, son, thank you very much. You no, know, it gives me the wind, something terrible. Oh.
0: Finally, 2020 is over.
3: Finally. Thank God. Put an end to that thing. For God's
0: sakes, put an end to it. Just put a bullet in its head. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, the first, I would say, 60 days were awesome. The rest of the time was terrible because I, I got to move back home. I got all my stuff back. I'm back in California. No, have to deal with snow. We went to the Monsters of Rock cruise. Like It was all so much fun. And then the bottom fell out of it. The
3: bottom fell out, man. Like Much like the stock market for those first few days, (laughs) the bottom just fell out of 2020. And and at the time, I'll be honest, I didn't think that it was literally going to be the entire rest of the year.
0: Yeah, I remember thinking I was lucky because uh, my job came and said, hey, if you have been out of country and you came in after the 15th, you need to quarantine, go test. We need to do all this, blah, 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 blah. Well, we had come back on the 14th, so I didn't have to do any of that.
3: I just remember thinking, okay, is this for real? Okay, this is just a few days. Okay, this is sort of snowballing. And it just kept going and kept going. And then it was like, you know, one by one, bands weren't touring and then nobody could say when they would ever tour and it was crazy i i remember the first two months just like you said were you know there was some good stuff and i i remember one of the last things i did was like this active shooter thing at one of the arenas that i worked for that was like full on they had like emt services and police and swat and everybody took part in this training and, you know, it was simulations where you they actually went through simulations in the arena of an active shooter and all this other stuff. And that was probably the last thing I did in mid to late February or something around that time. And uh, after that, there was like
0: literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Work-wise, I've been lucky. I've been a lot luckier than some of my friends. I've worked the entire time. There was not a time where I missed out on a paycheck and we were considered essential right out of the gate because we sell home products and all that kind of stuff. We weren't always open to the public. We were close to the public for a while, but I was working from home. We were shipping from stores. None of that really got messed up too much, but you know, I'm just sick of a mask. I'm sick of not being with people. I'm sick of not hanging out with friends. I'm sick of not going to shows. Like, I just want to get back to normal. Yeah, I think that's the biggest
3: impact is not being able to hang out with people not go to shows for us. I mean, we're in the same position. Nothing changed for us work-wise other than the fact that I'm not doing concerts this year. Everything else was basically the same. You know, both me and my wife, we work from home anyway, so nothing really changed in that respect.
0: Yeah, I feel bad for the up-and-coming bands and the mid-level bands, right? The big guys, Rolling Stones, Kiss, all those guys. Okay, maybe it digs into their retirement a little bit. Maybe they retire nine months later than we're planning on. Maybe they got enough money in the world. It doesn't matter anyway. But these mid-level bands, all their publishing is gone because of the way the music industry is. They're making all their money on touring. You know, I'm thinking like a Striper, a and those guys, Y&T. Right now, I'm sure they've got a little bit of money saved up, but this is definitely probably cutting into some of that. The smaller bands, oh, if they had any kind of traction... Going into 2020, oh, my God, they lost it all in one fell swoop. Yeah, big time. And
3: there's a couple of bands that come to mind when you think about stuff like that. The Struts is one because they were really getting traction with their touring. Dirty Honey. Dirty Honey, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was another band that was getting traction. Greta Van Fleet, some of these young up-and-coming rock bands that were basically on the road full-time. I mean, these bands were playing a lot of shows at the time. And all that kind of went out the window. And then the other thing that sucks is, and we're going to talk about it in this episode, there was a lot of great music put out in 2020. A lot of great albums came out this year. And these bands basically don't get to tour on these albums. So you don't get to hear a lot of the stuff live. They don't get to promote it. And these records, for the most part, will probably go by the wayside because by the time these bands get to tour again, They'll either have new albums out or you know, be working on new albums, whatever. Just the
0: ability to concentrate long enough to listen to a complete album, those days are gone. Like, It's hard to sit down and listen to something new all the way through if you don't have any kind of connection to it, right? New AC/DC album comes, yeah. Everybody who's an ACDC fan probably listen to the whole thing, yeah, got you, right? But Gersh and the Chronicles, who nobody's heard of in America, isn't getting a full album listen if... You don't have a reason to like, you're not going to go see them or whatever. Right. So one of the examples were we were recording on podcast rock city and we were talking about Evan Stanley's new song and both Joe and Joey who are great guys, right? They're like, well, I listened to a little bit of it. Yeah. It was this, that, and the other. And I'm thinking it's two minutes and 40 seconds, (laughs) right? You got 160 seconds from a son of a God that you worship. But it's hard to give it 160 seconds. The song was okay, right? But it just kind of gives you an idea of, it's just hard to do it when you don't have a reason to. (laughs) For the love of music, by God. (laughs) Yeah, but it's still hard. Like I tell you some of this stuff uh, that you're going to have in your top 10. I had heard some of it and I'm just like, eh, that's not connecting. I'm not even giving it any more time. I gave it about two and a half songs. I'm like, all right, I'm done. I got to move on. You know, that kind of thing. Because I listened to 175 albums this year.
3: Yeah, there's no way that you can get to all of it. That's the bottom line. And, you know, one of these years, we should do a mid-year episode where we go back to the year before and find five things that we either missed or that we gave more time to in the new year and decided that we either liked it or didn't like it. (laughs) we should find a way. But, you know, there's just so much shit that's coming out, even in a COVID year where they held a lot of records back and didn't release them because of the COVID thing. There's still tons of records. And you and I only scratched the surface on some of this stuff. And that's the same every year. And I've said this numerous times. We do these best of reviews because it's a way for us to... See what's hitting people's bang zones. I love to go listen to other podcasts or read other website articles where they list their top 10, top 20 records because it never fails. I always discover something that I missed and I'll go, Well, this ended up on five other people's lists. Let me go check this out. And I'll end up either loving
0: it or hating it, one of the two. Yeah. So two years ago, I started calendaring what was releasing so that way I could keep up every Friday. I check Spotify, Mascot Records, Napalm, Massacre Records, Deadline, Paris, MelodicRock.com, <laughs> Steam Hammer, AFM, Escape, Nuclear, Street Symphonies, Frontiers, and then I even go to decibelgeek.com just to see if somebody reviewed something I missed. And you still had an album in your top 10 that I missed somehow. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Uh. and i do that every friday and i'm still missing albums i can't do much more than this like i don't know what else to do there's no one place to go to to find all this stuff if we were smart which we're not we
3: would come up with some sort of aggregate app or tool that pulled all the stuff into one place and said if you like pop music here's all the albums that are releasing today If you like heavy metal, here's all the albums that are releasing today. Somebody's going to go do that. Somebody's going to listen to this podcast and go do that and make a million bucks. God bless you. Give me a little bit of a donation or something. I don't know,
0: but it's a brilliant idea. We just don't do it. I don't know how they're going to do that because your number five, which we'll talk about later, is the album that I had never heard, and it's like released in somebody's garage. How are you going to pull that on an app? Like I don't understand.
3: Listen, if it's on Spotify, and nowadays nine-tenths of it is, right, then there's some way that they can pull this information. If nothing else, they should be able to pull it from Spotify. The one thing that bums me out about Spotify versus Apple Music is that I use iTunes to categorize my library of music that I own. And the great thing about Apple Music is that when you found a band that was going to release something, if you already had some records in your library, they would automatically add that to the library once it came out and you would see it. Spotify doesn't do that. Like I wish you could go ahead of time and go, Hey, the new docking record is coming out in a month. Let me go and press a button in Spotify so that it automatically adds it to a playlist for me. And then it just pops up when it comes out.
0: And I get all that. My thing is shouldn't ACDC Be worried about the same thing. Like, I'm a rock fan. ACDC should make sure they figure out I exist and market to me. (laughs) Right? That's how you make money. Yeah.
3: I mean, you're not wrong. Help us out. How do we not have to go to look for what's being
0: released in 50 different places? Somebody got to know. And my email is connected to Spotify. So how come it's not getting pulled to that artist? And that artist hit me on my email saying, we got a release coming. I don't have an answer for you, Sonny. <laughs> if I
3: did, I'd be rich. <laughs> so quit pressing me, goddammit.
0: <laughs> I can't take the pressure. <laughs> All right, well, let's get started then, at least. up! me
4: It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight.
3: For tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight... I figured why not cover something that came out in 2020, and this is a band that both you and I like. They released an album called 13 This Year, and it looks like it missed both of our top 10 by just a little bit. Doesn't mean it was a bad album, just means it missed our top 10, and that is gothard you like
0: this band right yeah what the interesting part is is the album's called number 13 mm-hmm. and it ended up 13th on my top 20 uh, there you go isn't that weird yeah. it, that was just by mistake i gotta
3: say it's pretty close for me it might be a little behind 13 but fairly close it's got some really great material on there and here's one that kicks off the record this is called bad news bad news <laughs>
0: sample of a great song right in 2020. Great. The issue with this album is there's a lot of like soft, slower tempo, almost ballad songs. And that's why, although I like the songs, I'm like, there's just too many of them. That's why I didn't make my top 10.
3: Yeah, I would ditto that. I mean, it's a 50-50 shot for me. I think the stuff that's on it that I like, I like a lot. And there's probably 50% that's really good. And then there is some stuff that kind of trails off. And so I would agree with that. But still a great band. They got great material. If you've never heard of them or you've never checked them out, G-O-T-T-H-A-R-D. They're a Swiss band and very popular in Switzerland, as a matter of fact. But go check them out. They've been around for a long time.
4: Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about
0: it. All right, so let's get started. I think we're starting with you today.
3: Yeah, it looks like I'm going to kick off this uh, 2020 uh, review. And so coming in at number 10 for me is the band Confess with the album Burn em All. This is a band that kind of came to me late last year. Uh, I started hearing about them from various posts and things like that, and I went and checked them out. They're kind of just a straight-ahead, sleazy rock band. And I just, I love their riffs. I love their energy. And even though their image is kind of rough-looking and their riffs are pretty heavy, there's a lot of melodic melodies in their music. So this album has some really heavy riffs on it, some really straight-ahead punch-you-in-your-face rock and roll, but then they've got some stuff that they smooth out a little bit. Not necessarily ballady, because they really don't do a ton of ballads, but it's more just sort of melodic rock, and I dig them. The more I listen to this record, the more I like them. And uh, I know we featured them before in a crank-it-up spotlight when this record first came out, but I had time to spend with it, so Confess, Burn Them All, great record. At number nine is a similar band in terms of how they came to me and around the time I discovered them, but the band Bloody Heels released an album called Ignite the Sky, and this is a band that came to me around the same time. They're much more of a sort of 80s hairband image, but just straight ahead, good rock, somewhere in the vein of like a skid row maybe. And just straight ahead, I dig it. I like bands that have big riffs. And uh, these guys fit that bill. And I like the big riffs as long as they can mix it with some great melodies, some good hooks. And that's what you get with that Bloody Heels record. And I have to say, with most of the stuff that I'm going through today that made my list, probably 75 to 85% of it did not hit me right away. I had to spend time with these albums and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it's the bottom line for me. And it kind of harkens back to the days when we did listen to albums in their full entirety And if you remember, this was a resolution of mine the year before last or something. And I have to say that I've kind of stuck to it. I've been really trying to listen to albums more than once and fully through, unless to your point, it's just something that I'm just like, no, I'm not going to like this. Like with the band Amaranth, who I know you like a lot. I'm just not going to end up liking that stuff. I might like one or two songs, but I just can't do the Cookie Monster vocal even with the smooth vocal. So that's not a band that I'm going to end up listening to a whole lot. And so I wouldn't spend a ton of time with them. And that brings me to my number eight pick. My number eight pick is a band called Storm Force. And they released an album called Age of Fear. Storm Force has the guy from Brighton Rock in it. Greg Frazier is in Storm Force. And this record was really good. I listened to this record a lot when it first came out. And I revisited it recently when I was getting acquainted with some of these records that were on my list. And it's just a great melodic rock record. And so check out this song from the record called Dirty Vegas.
5: It's 3 a.m. in the morning. Another misfit.
0: So, first of all, the song is called Dirty Vegas. Of so course, it's good. <laughs> right. So, um, my thoughts on these three albums confess it was poppy at times. Like that attracted me initially. But in the end, most of the songs were just meh to me. I, there was one or two songs I really liked, and the rest and I was like, okay, whatever. Bloody Heels was somewhat similar. It had a little more sleeves to it, probably, than the Confess stuff did. But the vocal was just kind of okay. And as you guys know, if the vocal was just kind of okay for me, I lose interest. And then Stormforce actually just missed my top 10. So I really like this album. It, It was in my top 20 when I was kind of scaling it down.
3: Yeah. And the great thing about these top 10 lists now too, is that, you know, a lot of people, they stream. So go check it out for yourself. Go dig it because we're not playing tracks off all these records. We're playing a few here and there. But it gives you the opportunity, if you see it on our list, it's worth at least giving it a checkout. And then that way, it doesn't cost you anything if you're a streamer. That's what I would tell you. But yeah, you know, you like what you like, and it's all good with me. But that's my 10, 9,
0: and 8, Confess, Bloody Heels, storm force. Okay, so my number 10, which may be a surprise to some, is Thunder Mother with the album Heatwave. It got released on AFM records and you know, you did an interview with the singer that released like 16 days before the album did. And the album is very ACDC. And the reason I say it probably surprises people is I like ACDC to a point, but in the end, I don't need any new AC/DC. That's why the new ACDC didn't make my list. Just in case you're wondering. And reality is nothing from AC/DC in the last 20 years has really interested me that much because I'm really not that big of an AC/DC fan, but these guys definitely remind me more of like a grittier rock. And whatever the singer's name is, I can't pronounce it. Guernica Mancini. Guernica Mancini. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. My favorite songs on this album, if you want to try it on Spotify or whatever, Loud and Alive, Heat Wave, Driving in Style in Mexico. Those are probably my four favorite songs on that. So if you want to check it out. My number nine, brand new band. You know, I like new bands. It's a band called Arctic Rain, and the album's called The One. It was released in August on Frontiers, debut album, Swedish band. Okay. You got... Uh, members, Tobias Johnson's on lead vocals, Pete Alpenborg on keys, Gert Dawn on bass, Jonas Johnson on drums, and Magnus Berglund on guitar. And they say that their influences are White Snake, Mr. Big, Foreigner, Talisman, Def Leppard, Toto, Treat, Dokken, and White Lion all wrapped into one. I would say there's a lot of kind of that interpretation in the stuff. They'd been around for a couple of years, released a couple of demos, and then... They released this album and it actually is pretty promising if you give a chance to songs like Breakout, Give Me All Your Love and check out this one called Love of My Life. <laughs> Okay. And my eighth, and we talked about them a little bit a couple of months ago, and it's a band called Chimera with Master of Illusions. It was released in March on Frontiers. It's the fourth album by the band led by Dennis Ward, who's a bass player in a ton of bands, but most known for Pink Cream 69. He's the lead vocalist on this album. Actually, Kansas singer Steve Walsh started this project like 17 years ago, and now it's kind of blossomed into this. I would say the songs have this kind of like top-down, convertible, late 80s, blasting through the speakers, you know, driving up and down the road kind of feel. Very Danger Danger Warrant type. Uh, My favorite songs on this thing is Follow the Sun, Walk Away, and Just Let It Happen. So if you want to check them out, Thunder Mother with Heat Wave. Arctic Rain with the One and Chimera, Master of Illusions, are my 10, 9, and 8. What do you think?
3: Yeah, so like you said, Thunder Mother, Heat Wave is a big surprise to me. They always were a bit ACDC-ish. But I think the big difference in this record and their previous stuff is that the songwriting is just getting much better. And this record, I'm going to talk a little bit about this band and this record a little bit later on because they're also going to appear on my list just a little bit further down. Arctic Rain. (laughs) So Arctic Rain is a cd that i got an advance on sonny and i we get advances on records oftentimes because they want us to review it or listen to it or write a record on it or play it in the spotlight whatever arctic rain was a cd that we got back in august when this record was going to released. i listened to two songs and i said meh and i gave it to sonny because <laughs> i said i even found it in my email i gave it to sonny and i said hey dude This sounds right up your alley because it's poppy, but it's too poppy for me. Too many keyboards. I don't like it. And I just, I passed it on. Then when I saw it appear on Sonny's list, I said, huh, okay, let me go check this out. That song, Love of My Life, is fantastic. I started listening to some of the record and I'm like, why did I not like this (laughs) record? So I heard some of the keyboards and everything, but it still had enough guitar in it for me, as you could tell by that song. So I'm not sure why I passed on this record at the time. Uh, and now I can't find it. And so now I don't have this record. that I gave it to
0: Sonny and damn it. <laughs> it's on Spotify. Just check it out. Yeah, there. But I, I do the same thing. Like I'll listen to something and I'm like, I don't like this. This has got Steven written all over it. Or if it's like really shitty, I'm like, oh, this has got righty and BC written all over it. This is the kind of shit they like. And I just pass it on.
3: So Arctic rain is something I missed and that's popped up in a lot of people's top tens. I've been looking at uh, Facebook and people are starting to post their top 10 albums of the year. And Arctic rain has appeared in a couple of places. So good for you. I'm going to go back and spend more time with this record. Now. I like that song a lot. Chimera. Masters of Illusions. They are what I thought Arctic Rain was. Just too many keyboards. It just doesn't connect with me. It's really polished, really melodic pop rock. I wouldn't even call it pop hard rock. At times, the guitar shows up here and there, but it's just too keyboardy for me, and it's just kind of meh. It's not that you have keyboard in your band. It's that you mix the keyboard so far up front that the guitar gets buried, and that I don't like. And so Chimera is one of those bands for me. I've tried it a few times. I know a lot of people in the melodic rock world like this band, but it just doesn't connect with me.
0: Yeah, I think what's happening with the keyboard nowadays is it's almost getting entered by a band to soften them up a little bit so they're not so hard. They have a little more mass appeal. In some cases, it's not even needed, but it feels like it was added at the end just to get more people to listen so it's a little more popular.
3: All right, so that brings us to my 7, 6, and 5. At number 7, Sonny talked about it at his number 10. I had Thunder Mother Heat Wave. If you guys haven't had the opportunity, go back and check out the interview I did with Guernica Mancini. It's a nice short interview. I think it's like 40, 45 minutes. And I just talked to her about this record before it was released. I like this record a lot. Like I said, I think their songwriting is becoming much better. Songs like Driving in Style are very ACDC and Kick You in Your Teeth. And that's what attracted me to the band. But with Heatwave, some of the songs, in fact, that do even a ballad on this record, that's really quite good in terms of ballads and how ballads go. But I just think it's a good, complete record by them. And I encourage you to go check out Thundermother Heatwave. At number six, this is a record that when it first came out, I was kind of meh. But I was determined to spend time with this record because a lot of people liked it. And I like everybody in the band. And that's the band. Black Swan, Shake the World. So, this is sort of a super group that's got Red Beach, Robin McCauley, and Jeff Pilson. And who's the drummer in this band? I don't know. I don't know either.
0: I stopped caring.
3: Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, this is not a big record for you, and that's fine. But the more I listen to this record, the more I like this record. So Black Swan, Shake the World. It's worth definitely checking out on Spotify or Apple Music if you've got a streaming service. I enjoyed it, but it did take quite a few listens. It didn't hit me right away. If that's a bad thing, then that's a bad thing. But like I said, I'm trying to do it more like back in the day where you were able to spend time with records.
4: Oh boy, obviously Steven was not fully prepared to do this show. Growing Up Rock would like to officially apologize to Matt Starr, the drummer of the band Black Swan, for forgetting his name. We have no excuse. Actually, Growing Up Rock podcast would like to extend our heartfelt apology to every bassist and drummer out there. We forget you often and don't mean to. We fully realize how important the rhythm section is to our beloved music. Oh, wait, unless you are in a grunge band, then we don't care. That is all. Back to our show.
3: And number five is a new band that came to me just this year. I'd never heard of them before, and they started showing up on a lot of people's posts, and so I wanted to go check them out, and that is the band Catalano. And they released the record Night Fighter, which I believe is their second record. And they're just a straight ahead rock and roll band. Big riffs, some big courses, some more melodic stuff throughout the album. Check out this song, Overdrive.
0: That song, I listened to it today. This was the album that I was talking about that I check all this stuff and somehow, I don't know how I missed on these guys. The music is great on Catalano. Just the vocals kind of meh to me. And I know they're trying with the whoa, whoa, whoa. They're trying to be catchy. They're trying to write melodic stuff. They're trying to have that mass appeal again. But this is what you get when the singer lacks range. And I'm hearing like an Eric Gronwald sing this and I'm like, oh my God, this stuff would be amazing with a guy that could really rip it. But you know, they got a singer that's not that guy. So I just kind of lost interest. Like I listened to it a little bit today. I'm like, eh, it doesn't really hit me super hard. Maybe six months from now it hits me different. I'm not sure. I don't I don't know. Thunder Mother, we talked about in that Black Swan record. My problem isn't Robin's vocals. I think he sounds great. I think Reb does a great job on the guitar. My problem is a songwriting. And I was looking for super magic. When I heard about this black swan thing, I'm like, all right, baby, here we go. Winery dog style love right here. I listened to the album a couple of times. So I'm like, what that album? Sod! Like the harmonies are terrible. They're on my disappointment album list. Like I was just so turned off. I tried it again the other day, and I'm just like, I I just can't listen. I, they're <laughs> corny. They're weird melodies. Like Robin could have done. They needed somebody to help them with it. It just did not come out good.
3: Listen, a rock fan should never say a band is corny. The shit we listen oh, to. Lord. Come
0: on, man. That's a cop out.
3: You don't like it? That's fine. I knew you weren't going to like the Catalano. The guy reminds me of Ron Keel a bit. He's one of these singers that pushes his voice to the limit to where it literally sounds like he's about to stroke out. It gets a little bit scratchy and a little bit raspy at the end, and he's sort of a screamer. And I like some of that stuff, so I don't have a problem with it. But I know Sonny's not a big fan of that style completely called this one i knew you weren't gonna dig the uh singer for this band but musically yeah they're killer and if you're one of those people that prefers like really clean vocals and that kind of stuff then it may not be for you either but check it out this is jeff scott soto from sons of apollo and you are listening to the growing up rock podcast
2: with
0: Stephen michael and hollywood pooney you better turn it up and keep it up. Okay, so my number seven is Jeff Scott Soto, Wide Awake from My Dreamland. It came out in November. We were waiting for it to come out. We had heard some of it early. We released an uh, episode on Halloween that you might want to check out, full-blown interview regarding the whole album, what our favorites were. He talks about a bunch of the songs, give credit to a bunch of people. So check out that episode and uh, you'll learn all about that album. My number six is a band called Lionville. And the album's called Magic Is Alive. It was released in August on Frontiers, fourth album from the Italian band who's been around about 10 years. It's got good guitar. You know, it can be heavy on keyboards a little bit. But what really got me was the guy's voice. His name is Lars. And man, they got some like mesmerizing vocal type harmonies. It's very much like arena rock. You can certainly hear like Leopard, Journey, Dokken, Toto, kind of that kind of feel. So the songs you want to check out, Every Little Thing, Nothing without you. You're not alone. And check out this song called, I'll never give my heart away. my number five is Even the Devil Believes by Striper. So it was released in September. We talk about Striper a lot. We interviewed Michael Sweet. We've done a top 10. Striper is one of my top 10 bands of all time. And yeah, they're faith-based band, and, but that doesn't mean they're soft. The current lineup is great because it's got three of the originals plus Perry Richardson now. And the album is definitely a heavier side of Striper that's been basically their moniker for the last 10 to 15 years. So if you haven't given the album a shot, check out let them in, do unto others, make love great again. And there's a ballad called This I Pray. Oh my God, it is a beautiful ballad on Striper's album, Even the Devil Believes. What do you think about those three albums?
3: Yeah, so Striper is just point blank, they're making the best music of their career. This run of last, uh, what, four albums have just been fantastic. They just barely missed my list. It's a great record. I think the only reason, honestly, that it missed my list is I haven't spent the time that I need to spend with that record. But it's a great record the few times I've gone through it. Lionville is the band that I thought Arctic Rain was. And what I mean by that is, nah, it's just too keyboardy for me. It's too mellow for me. I'm not into it. I went through that record again today and just doesn't connect. It's kind of like the same issue with this record is with the Chimera. And it's not the singers are great. The background vocals, the melodies, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just too keyboard heavy. They don't mix the guitar loud enough in the mixes for me, at least not throughout the record, maybe a song or two. This record will have a song or two that I like, so that's kind of how it goes with these. Jeff Scott Soto record is great. I liked it when it came out like Sonny said we did that interview with Jeff he was awesome in going through this record with us it's just a fantastic album so uh, I would encourage you to check out Jeff Scott Soto's Wide Awake in my dreamland because it's a great record Uh, and that's another one that I think just barely missed my list a bit All right, so we'll take a little bit of a break from our top 10 of 2020 and talk about the Grown Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group. We encourage people to come to the Grown Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group uh, because it's a good place to have conversations regarding the podcast, regarding new music, regarding upcoming themes. Or themes that we've already covered on the podcast. There's a great bunch of people in there. It's a private Facebook group and it's just a good positive place. There's not a lot of negativity going on in the group. I keep it pretty positive for a reason uh, because there's just too much negativity in some of the other groups. And that's really not what this is about. This is about celebrating rock and roll and music in general and discussing the podcast as well. So come on over to the Loud Minority Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group and ask to join and we'll bring you in. And if you're already part of it, invite some of your friends who like rock and roll. You can invite them. It's pretty easy. Just click on the invite button and uh, bring them into the fold. I also want to take this time out, Sonny. I think we need to recognize a bunch of people that have sort of been with us from the beginning and just really do a great job in supporting the podcast and always sharing things. And people like Bill Elam and David Cathy and some of these folks that have been around from the get-go, Graham Ritchie and all these people have really been a great help to the podcast, and I just want to take time out to wish everybody a happy holiday and a great new year.
0: Yeah, we've had a lot of great listeners, you know Brad Rust over of the world, like there's all kinds of folks we could mention, and uh, just want to say we can't thank you enough for all the support, really. Yeah, we appreciate all
3: you guys. Thanks for being there from the get-go. We're glad you're still with us.. Hear the
5: sound of the light.
0: Let's get back to these top 2020 picks. Well, before we go to that, I was thinking, um, concert wise, we haven't seen very many concerts cause of goddamn 2020. So concert wise, you know, we usually talk about what are the best concerts you saw in 2020. And I think we could probably say heat Y and T on the ship. Like there was some great concerts on the ship we saw. So that is what it is. But we've been spending a lot of time home. So have you seen a movie or a TV show or you've been binging on something? Like, share some of those. Boy, have I been binging on stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I've given
3: Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hulu a run for its money. I've been getting my money's worth out of all of those. My brother turned me on to an AMC show that I watched on Netflix called Hell on Wheels. And I really enjoyed this. It was about five seasons. It's a Western, and it's a gritty Western. And it basically is detailing the building of the railroad that crossed the country back in the 1800s. And it's just, when I start watching that, I like history a lot. And when I start watching things like that, it just makes me realize the trials and tribulations and challenges that these people had making this country what it is today. And so Hell on Wheels is awesome to check that out. It just sucked me in, and I went through five seasons in probably two and a half, three and a half months, something like that. Finally checked out The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. I enjoyed that as well. There's a show on Netflix called Atypical, which is basically it's dramedy about um, a teenager that has autism. So it's a good, well-written show, uh, and I've been enjoying that. And then I finally checked out the series, not the movie, of Fargo, because there's three seasons of that to go through, and I've enjoyed some of that. I checked that out
0: on Hulu. TV and movie-wise, so because we didn't get to go to the theater, because all the theaters were closed, we would have saw something like a Bad Boys 3 in the theater. Because, you know, there's just some the Lethal Weapon series, the Beverly Hills Cop series. They're just certain series that my wife Nicole and I love, and Bad Boys is one of them. And we enjoyed the first two movies, so we wanted to see a third one. Still got Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, great movie. And then there's a spinoff off the movie into a TV show called LA's Finest. It just started this year. Jessica Alba and Gabrielle Union are the lead actresses. And basically they're playing the Will Smith and Martin Lawrence part because Gabrielle played Martin Lawrence's sister in the two bad boys movies. So they're kind of playing off the same characters and throwing Jessica Alba in the mix. So it's a, it's a great show. And then I binged a lot of things. I binged this series called power on stars, which was awesome But the one that really, really surprised me was Yellowstone. So Kevin Costner, I'm not the biggest Kevin Costner fan in the world because, you know, he does a lot of chick flicks and like these weird movies I don't understand. But Yellowstone was unbelievable. And it's about him owning this ranch in Montana. And they got all these, you know, you got the Indians after him because they think they stole their land. You got developers after him because they're trying to build an airport. Like there is an incredible three seasons on Paramount. So um, yeah, Yellowstone, you definitely want to check that out.
3: Yeah, so I had heard you talk about Yellowstone. Let me go check this out. So I, start, I started to watch it with my wife and <laughs> the first episode, I have to find shows that my wife can watch with me because she literally can't do any kind of like violent, any... Oh.
5: <laughs> so the first
3: episode <laughs> and the first scene of the episode is a car wreck and the guy has to shoot a horse in the head to take it out of its misery. From that point on, my wife was literally like checked out. She made it through maybe one and a half, two more episodes and then she was out. I, however... Enjoy that. So so I'm still in, but I'm only on like episode four or five. And what I'm starting to realize, at least in these early episodes, is that um without giving too much away, that basically being branded Yellowstone is the same as being in the mafia. So, <laughs> so that's basically what I've gathered out of the first four episodes. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. Kevin Costner is just a great actor and he does a great job in this. And And there's a really good supporting cast as well. It's like a gritty
0: version of Dallas somewhat. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do the same thing. So what I'll do is if a new show kind of comes out or somebody talks about it and I want to give it a shot, I will watch an episode or two and determine if this is something Nicole would enjoy. Right? So like LA's finest, I watch one episode. I'm like, all right, Nicole would be into this. I'll stop watching. I'll rewatch the first episode with her. And that becomes our show. Right. But then there's some, like Yellowstone, there was no way she was going to watch it. I started watching it, and I I might as well just finish it. She's never going to watch this.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, maybe I should start doing that myself. (laughs) It's just I hate watching that pilot episode and getting through it, and then you're like, Okay, so now I got to re-watch it because <laughs> just telling my wife, hey, go watch this first episode so we can start watching it together. No, is like you got to watch it together. Come on. It's 40 minutes of your life. She puts up with you her whole life. Come on. There are certain things like I know is going to be no problem. Like that atypical, I knew right away hey, that's not going to be a problem. Cobra Kai, I knew right away that wasn't going to be a problem. Uh, there are just certain things like that. Say it right up front, but like Yellowstone, that was one of those things that I had no clue. But yeah, and
0: that's <laughs> not going to work. You didn't ask; otherwise, I would have told you. You just went and watched it dry. You should have asked me if this gen appropriate. <laughs> well,
3: apparently not.
1: Wow! <laughs> wow!
3: <laughs> so my four, three, and two. At number four is ACDC's Power Up. I know a lot of people have praised this record. And I've seen some posts recently where people are like, ah, that new ACDC is horrible. It sounds the same as everything else. Are you people high? Okay. First of all, saying that the ACDC album sounds like everything else is just stupid. That's what ACDC does. You should expect that. Get off your dang idiot pedestal and wake up. Cause that's what ACDC does. If you don't like ACDC, you're not going to like this record. For me, I just think it's a good, solid record. I had no problem with some of the stuff on Black Ice or Rock or Bust. I know some people don't like anything after Razor's Edge or whatever, but I like ACDC. I like their sound. I think this is a good, solid record. And so ACDC's power up at number four for me. And number three, there's a newer band that comes to us. We've spotlighted them before, and they are Gorish and the Chronicles this is an Indian band and I found a video on YouTube and that's the first time I heard them. And I really liked that song a lot. Uh, when the record came out, I checked out the record and here's my only criticism of this record. This record's really long, like it's 13 songs and it's roughly about an hour and two minutes long. And my attention span is not great. So, I force myself to listen to this record through and through. And I know what you're thinking. Well, you shouldn't have to force yourself to listen to any music. If you're doing that, then it's not any good. That's not the case. I have to force myself to listen to just about any album from start to finish nowadays. But the more time I spent with this, there's some really good material on this record. There's just some flat out rock and roll stuff that's balls to the wall, but there are some really great melodies and some really great hooks. And to me, this is just a young, promising band. And the fact that they're an Indian band, you just don't see a lot of bands from this area. Check out this song, Bad Shepherd.
5: Hurt me if I wanna open your eyes Hurt me if I wanna speak out loud Cause they'll never let you realize They'll tell you that you've got freedom of speech They'll tell you that you are gonna bring a change they tell you this and that and this and that
3: My number two, my number two record. I did an interview with this guy earlier in the year, Dan Rossall from Passion. I've listened to this record so many times. I just love this record. This is a great rock record, the self titled record by Passion. I encourage you guys to go check it out because it is killer. And so that is my four, three, and two.
0: Okay, so the AC/DC I talked about before, I'm just not interested in new ACDC because I'm not that big of an ACDC fan. I am one of those guys that after Razor's Edge, I just don't care. I don't say it sucks. It sounds just like AC/DC. I just ain't interested. So when this came out, I listened to it the first time. I went through the whole album and driving around. I'm like, okay, it's dc so what? And I moved on. The Passion Record, it's good. It just didn't stick with me. There was some stuff that I'm like, oh, that's good. I don't know if I'd listen to it over and over and over. But there's definitely something there that it deserves your listen because there's some uh, uplifting pop type stuff in there that's pretty good. The Garish thing. All right. So they're from the homeland because I'm East Indian too. And I can imagine that you get four or five guys together. They love the American hair metal, hard rock, melodic rock, whatever you want to call it. And you can feel that they're trying to write like these anthemic songs. That has a little bit of Bon Jovi, a little bit of Whitesnake and a little bit of Iron Maiden and a little bit of this. The music is outstanding. And actually his vocal, he does a good job with the vocal. They are one Desmond child away from being awesome because some of their melodies, they just almost try too hard to be anthemic where somebody, if they were helping them would say back off that and that and simplify it. And you would have a radio hit. If they had that, I think they would do much better, but they definitely got something. There's no doubt about that. And you're right. You just don't hear about a lot of East Indian bands that are singing in English. There is a lot of East Indian like power metal, but it's not in English. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to follow, right? Especially for us. But uh, Garish definitely has something. I, I just think they're like one songwriter away from really simplifying some of the stuff. Yeah, and for a lot of people, you
3: might see GAC. It's often abbreviated because people don't want to say Garush in the Chronicle, so they just call them GAT. But yeah, to my point, I think they're a promising young band because they are young. And so I think that it's something where I think they can hone those skills maybe something will happen where frontiers picks them up and they get to spend a little bit of time with somebody like an alessandro del vecchio or something and maybe he can help shave some of those edges here and there you know
0: what i mean yeah yeah but it's hard to get something right and they got something there's absolutely no doubt yeah he's a great singer and their riffs are definitely killer Okay, so my four, three, and two. My number four is a band, honestly, I had never heard of before, and I think I might have heard of them through Cobras and Fire. I'm not positive, because every once in a while, I'll be listening to another podcast, and I'm like, wait a second, who the hell is that? I've never heard that song before, that kind of thing. So I don't know if I heard it there, but it's a band called Vega, and the album's called Grit Your Teeth, released in June on Frontiers. It's the sixth album from an English band that's been around since 2009. The album definitely kind of has this Bon Jovi feel to it. They've had a couple of member changes, two of the brothers are twins. It's really great melodic rock. And some of my favorite songs, and I think the one that connected me immediately was a song called Man on a Mission. I think we might have played that before, actually. There's another song called Don't Fool Yourself and a song called I Don't Need Perfection. Check those three songs out on Spotify. Vega, grit your teeth, really good album. Number three, just go with me here because I know it's gonna sound weird, but the name of the band is Captain Blackbeard. Okay, the album's called Sonic Forces. This is not some joke band they've been around a while, they're from Sweden. It's their fifth album. They released it in May. It's self released. Uh Dave Delone from Heat helped them out a little bit on guitar and keyboards. The band is a guy named Martin Holzner on lead vocal, Christian Eck on guitar, Robert Maud on bass vinnie Stromberry on drums i would say this is uh the sound is like a cross between like harem scarum and heat and some of my favorite songs on this album are headlights lights and shadows and yes they are called captain blackbeard check out this song is called time to deliver Number two, another Frontiers album released in September of this year. Perfect plan. The album's called Time for a Miracle. This is a second album from a Swedish band. I would say they've absolutely nailed that foreigner survivor type vibe. Some of my favorite songs on this album are Time for a Miracle, the title track, Better Walk Alone, What About Love, an amazing ballad called Fighting to Win. This perfect plan thing may be a little light for you because it's got a lot of keyboards to it, but it's got some great, it's almost like a total journey type of feel. It's a really good album. So what do you think about my four, three, and two? And yes, they're called Captain Blackbeard. I didn't pick the name.
5: What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Captain gives orders on the ship. The captain of this ship is
2: given orders. My ship makes me captain. They be my charts. That makes you sharp, man. <laughs>
3: Uh Captain Blackbeard is awesome. I like their singer, Jack Sparrow. He does a <laughs> fantastic job. So we did feature Vega in a Crank It Up new music spotlight. Back when this record came out, I think I bought this record to your attention. You were like, I was waiting for that to come out. I missed that one. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, half the record is really good. And the other half of the record is myth to me. Like the songs that I like, I like a lot, but probably half the record trails off for me, which is why it's not on my list. Captain Blackbeard, I'd never heard of in my life. And so all jokes aside, I didn't know anything about this band. I went and checked it out and If the rest of the record was like Time to Deliver, I would be in because I like that song a lot. I like Time to Deliver. It's probably the best song on the record for me personally, but they lose a lot of that aggression through the rest of the record, and it's a little bit too keyboard heavy. And you talked about the Heat connection earlier. Heat's keyboard player, Jonah T, produced their 2017 record for this band. So there's definitely a Heat connection there. Perfect plan. I interviewed Kent Hilly earlier in the year before this record came out. We talked a bit about this record and I love this record. They just missed my top 10. I think that they're very foreigner and even more so giant. Like they really remind me of the band Giant, who I like a lot. And in fact, Kent Hill, said that's one of his favorite bands. And in fact, both Perfect Plan records are really good. So I would tell people go check out both those records, Time for a Miracle, and then the first album that they released as well, which I can't remember the
0: name off the top of my head, but it's out there as well. So, All right, so time for our number one, and we have the same number one. So I'll let you go first.
3: When I heard this record at the beginning of the year in February, just after our cruise, I think it came out just after the cruise, I had an image and a live performance to put with the new record. And from that point on, this record never left my top spot. And I said, it's going to be hard to beat this record. And I've listened to the shit out of this record. And I absolutely love this record. And that is Heat, Two, by the band Heat from Sweden. Oh my God, I love this record. There's not a song on this record that I don't like. And some of the songs I absolutely love. So this is a perfect record for me almost.
0: Yeah, we've talked about Heat a ton. We did an episode that released on June 20th, if you want to check it out. It was a top 10 Heat type episode. I'll tell you, it doesn't come by often, where I just can't get enough. I'm listening to Heat three times a week. Like songs like... Dangerous Ground, Come Clean, uh, One by One, Heaven Must Have Won an Angel, and Rise, which are all off this album, are like that can't live without the rest of my life type songs all on one album of a band that I didn't know anything about until they got to the Monsters of Rock Cruise. So it just happens every once in a while. And if you have not tried Heat, I am telling you, if you love Def Leppard, if you love that melodic 86, 87, 88 Bon Jovi, like those type of Songs that were from your youth and you might've been in your teens or early twenties. Heat is all over that stuff in a modern way. And they got a great singer and a great sound. You have got to check it out. If you don't believe me, check out the song I didn't mention. That's also on this album. Again, would be a can't live without for the rest of my life type track. Here's adrenaline.
3: so that's one we haven't played which is a great tune as well we'd be remiss in not talking a little bit about the announcement that they made right the current singer who we saw on the boat eric grunwald leaving the band and then replacing him with the original singer who was on the first two heat albums we've heard them redo rise which is off this
0: record What's your thoughts yeah, I'm treating it like I would have treated, Oh well, not like I would have treated, like I did treat Skid Row, Warrant. Some of these guys that changed their singer, changed members over time after they released albums that I absolutely love. Great White's another one, right? The live aspect of it, although it was amazing, I thought Heat was great on the boat. And everything I've seen on YouTube, the DVD I got, like everything that I've seen about Heat has been incredible, They're just that. They're just live performances. In the end, you live with the music every day. And there's nothing that Kenny's going to do to erase what's out there that you can listen to. You know, there's some stuff that he did on the first two albums that I really like. So, you know, I'm going to give Kenny a 100% chance. I got no issue with that. I wish they would not redo songs off this album with Kenny's vocal because all you're going to get is a bunch of comparing to Eric. They already did that once, which... That was unfortunate. I thought Kenny did fine, but you know, I was like, well, now you got me comparing and that's not fair, right? Because I didn't get to see Kenny live and I've got Eric singing this thing live in my head. So I don't know if that's a fair comparison. I'm giving them every shot on the planet. When it comes down to the end, I'm going to be listening to the music forever and I'm going to see them. Maybe if I'm lucky one or two times again, that's it. All right. So we want to talk
3: a little bit about the albums that just
0: missed our top 10. Yeah. Go for it and share your disappointing albums too.
3: So the records that just missed my top 10, we talked about it earlier. The Goddard that we played in the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, that one just missed. The new one by Revolution Saints just missed. There's a band called Landfall that I liked quite a bit. They're along the same lines as A Perfect Plan, just kind of straight ahead, melodic, AOR, hard rock, maybe around the same type of foreigner maybe. The Vandenberg 2020 record I thought was a good, solid record. I enjoyed that one as well. Chakra, Swiss band with Mad World. That was a really good record. A new band on Frontiers called Electric Mob I enjoyed quite a bit. There's a new record that just came out literally a few weeks ago that initially I I was like, not for me, because it's really sort of 80s pop with some rock in there. We featured them on a Crank It Up New Music Spotlight a week or two ago, a few weeks ago maybe. They're called Palace. I like that record a lot. The more I listen to that record, the more I enjoy it. So check out Palace if you want kind of an 80s vibe. Talked about it earlier. The JSS, the Jeff Scott Soto record, just missed my list. Same with Striper. Our friend in Steel City, that was a good solid record as well. And then our friend from Restrain, Tony, they put out a new record called God of War. That was a good record. And then Perfect Plan. Those were the records that just barely missed my top 10 that I enjoyed quite a bit. And I would encourage you to go check those records out as well. Goddard, Revolution Saints, Landfall, Vandenberg 2020, Chakra, Electric Mob, Palace, Palace. Jeff Scott Soto, Striper, Steel City, Restrained, Perfect Plan. My disappointing records. I had a lot of high hopes for that Dirty Shirley record. When I heard the first single, I thought that was going to be a really good record. I like Dino from Animal Drive, and I like George Lynch, but that record is disappointing. It's really long and really sort of just boring, and I don't know any other way to say it. I know Sonny's not a big Enough's Enough fan, but I like Enough's Enough, but this band is suffering greatly without the songwriting of Donnie V. It just doesn't work. Chip needs Donnie V, and Donnie V probably needs Chip. I don't know, but it doesn't work for me, and I don't like the new Enough's Enough record very much. And then the other thing that comes to mind as far as disappointing are the albums that I know are done, but they haven't been released because they're holding on to them because of the whole COVID thing. So I know Animal Drive has a new record and I know the Dead Daisies with Glenn Hughes has a finished record and they've released a couple songs and I like them a lot. It's not the same without Karabi. It's sort of different, but I like what I hear and I'd love to hear the record, but They're just kind of hanging on to those records. So that's a little bit of a disappointment for me.
0: How about you? Yeah, so I had a top 20 going. So uh, when I read this uh, list, it's 11 through 20, kind of how it landed. Uh, Revolution Saints Rise, just missed. Amaranth Manifest, I really like. I mean, the songs I like on that record, I really like. But then there's just some meh on there that I just didn't fall in love with. Ah, uh, the guarded record we talked about already. There was a band called the Casanovas. They released a record called Repetillion Overlord. I think I might have found this one through Hook Rocks, but it was a great record. It didn't make my top ten. A band called Overland with a album called Scandalous. Check that out. Very melodic rock. I don't listen to much. That's not either like symphonic or melodic rock. Like I, that's usually my bang zone right there. We talked about restrained God of War. Ah, uh, One Desire has a new album out called Midnight Empire, which is great. You talked about Electric Mob Discharge, just got that kind of like swampy rock feel, which I loved. You already talked about Force, which just missed mine. If you're a Fate's Warning type fan, there's a band out there called Dynasty with a Z, so D-Y-N-A-Z-T-Y, and they have an album called The Dark Delight. Singer's great. It's got a little bit of a symphonic feel to it with a little bit of a harder edge, so uh, kind of felt like Fate's Warning if you've uh, listened to a lot of Fate's Warning. My disappointments, I already talked about Black Swan. I just thought it was overrated with all the praise it got. The Ozzy album was absolutely brutal. Ordinary Man, I'm sorry. The songwriting's terrible. The Elton John thing didn't work. I didn't like anything about that album. Lucifer, in a band that I don't really know that well... But uh, they released an album called Lose for Three. The reason I gave them a shot was because of all this great stuff I was hearing from the Kiss Crews. And I had heard a couple of songs at the first couple of albums. I'm like, oh, okay. So maybe they were kind of growing into who they're going to be. Yeah, I was disappointed from what I heard. And then House of Lords. Man, I am a House of Lords fan, but they have lost absolutely all of their oomph. I don't know what happened to House of Lords, but there is just a punch missing That was there, those first three albums. And then when they came back, it was there for a couple albums. And then the last couple of albums is just completely gone. I don't even know if you've heard that House of Lords. I couldn't get through it. It was so bad, to be honest.
3: I didn't think it was that bad, actually. House of Lords, other than Sahara, has never been a huge band for me. I didn't love their first record because I thought it was a little bit too keyboard heavy. But then when Sahara hit and they had Doug Aldridge and the guitar was more out front, I really loved them. And I thought this record was all
0: right. I thought it had some good rock tunes on there. Just didn't connect with me. You know, it's not a disappointment. It's not a near miss, but like Richie released 50 for 50, right? It's basically a box set of 50 songs. And the only problem with it is Richie really makes it tough for a, just a simple rock fan to listen to his music because all 50 of those songs are different. So there's a bunch of them that I love, but there's a bunch of them that are okay, but you're not just going to get a typical rock fan to love everything that he does because he's all over the place. I like that he's all over the place, but most people won't like that. So,
3: Yeah, and we should mention if people are listening to this and aren't familiar with how we do things, I mean, we don't include greatest hits or EPs or live albums in these best of things. We just don't include those. <laughs>
4: It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock.
0: So, for the historic moment, we're going to go with the mighty Space Ace Fraley. In 2020, he released a second full covers album called Origins Volume 2. You can buy it in pink vinyl. You can buy it in blue vinyl. You can buy it in green vinyl. You can buy it in black vinyl, but it costs more. You can buy it at Walmart. He's released it about 18 different ways. So if you haven't got it by now, you obviously don't love Ace. Here is some of the songs that he did on the album, Good Times, Bad Times, uh, Never In My Life, which is originally a mountain song. Um, Down is originally the Beatles song. Ba-ru-ru. Tull, Politician by Cream, Lola by The Kinks,
5: Hated it.
0: Manic Depression by Jimi Hendrix, We've Got to Get Out of This Place by The Animals, he had John Five on, he had Robin Zander on, Bruce Kulik, Lita Ford, Matt Starr. But check out this version of the Kiss classic from Dress to Kill. Here is Ace on Guitars, Paul Simmons on drums, and then on vocals and guitars is a triple threat of Ryan Spencer Cook Jeremy Ashbrock, Philip Saus. Here is she.
3: Yeah, and apparently when this record came out, it was important that you stand in front of a target with the record and take a picture. When this record came out, I saw everybody with a picture in front of a target holding this record. So this was a great accomplishment. I'm really happy for Phil and Ryan and Jeremy getting to make it to vinyl with the space ace cuz I know that was important to them and being able to play on this Kiss classic was a great momentous situation for those guys so congratulations
0: to those guys I like it I like the version I think it's good so uh awesome good pick so yeah definitely in the end a very interesting 2020 I think you had some musicians that's just like eh I'm take the time off they didn't realize it was going to be at least 9 months it could be another 12 months for them who knows You had some that said, okay, I'll take a little bit of time off and now I'm bored to death. I got to go do something and started doing weird YouTube things, you know, like quarantine to that great thing with the kiss songs. Some folks started doing live streams. Some went and did albums. Jeff went and redid some of the vocals on an album he just did because he was like, well, my voice is rested now. Let me go redo some of the tracks. So I think you got a bevy of things that folks did during their time off. We'll just see what 2021 brings, I guess.
3: Yeah, I mean, one thing's for certain, as strange a year as it was, and some of the trials and tribulations that people have had to go through in this year, the one thing that is constant is the fact that there was a lot of great music released. And no matter what's going on in the world, music has a way of making things okay, at least for that time that you're listening to it. So that's the one thing I can say about all this. And who knows what 2021 is going to hold I would like to think that it can't be any worse, but I guess I shouldn't say stuff like that because you never know. So hopefully it will deliver some live music back into all of our lives. It'll deliver some more great albums from bands we love. That's what we can hope for in 2021. Peace, love, happiness, great music, and success for everybody.
0: And then we'll end with, I hope you had a great holiday. I hope 2021 brings you everything you want. And do me a favor, go listen to a full album today. Any album, doesn't matter. can be from 1952, it can be from 52 days ago. Go listen to a full album. Peace, love, and
3: rock and roll. See ya. Later. Get ready to
4: shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. <laughs>
5: Go away!